So yeah, this evening we'll be looking at three, three points, uh, three exhortations that Paul gives to Timothy. Uh, he's, he's commanded in 1 Timothy 6 to, to flee, to follow, and to fight the good fight of faith. And so we're going to look at these passages of Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 6, we'll read from verse, from verse 1. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honour, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strives of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But as, but they, sorry, they will be rich, fall in a temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, while which, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. And follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. And hast professed, professed a good profession before many witnesses. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth, Father, of the scriptures that's able to make us wise unto salvation through faith that's in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that guides us and leads us into all truth. And we thank you for this portion of Scripture, this charge that the Apostle Paul gives uh, to young Timothy in the faith. We do praise you for it. We pray, Lord, that you'd settle our hearts and minds, that you'd help us to be attentive to your word. And Lord, that we would uh, learn from what the Apostle Paul is exhorting uh, Timothy with, and that you'd be with our hearts, and that you'd bless your word to our hearts. We do thank you, uh, Lord, for the God that you've been to us, and uh, Lord, we do pray and commit this evening to you, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, we see the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, his son in the faith, and in this portion here, he's closing off his letter. And he admonishes him in this book of many practical and doctrinal truths that pertain unto life and, and godliness for the man of God himself and as for the church as well, the order of the church of God. And uh, for the immediate context, what we've just been through, he talks about slaves who have found Christ, 
that they be uh, good testimonies before their believing masters as well as their unbelieving masters. In verse 3 to 5, he warns of false teachers, uh, teaching that gain is godliness, uh, that teach contrary to the sound doctrine that is according to godliness and exposes them for what they are in verses 4 and 5. And verse 6 to 10, he, he continues to warn Timothy of the temptation and the snare and the hurtful lusts that accompany setting one's attention on securing riches in this life and the desire to do so, the love of money being the root of all evil uh, and this, this covetousness that's, that's idolatry that Paul writes elsewhere in the scriptures too uh, to, for him to beware of this. And you know, one commentator, he says, think of all that lot lost when he set his eyes on the plains of Sodom or all that Haman lost when he set his heart on riches and honor. What does a man need for contentment? Very little. Food, raiment, and a godly life. Uh, think of the poverty of Christ, yet he made many rich. He made us rich. Amen. We praise God for that. And so we come to our main passage in verse 11. He says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. And so amongst these things, he firstly tells him to flee these false teachers that we see in verse 3 and 4. And he's instructed to flee what's known you know, today as the prosperity gospel. It, it, there's truly nothing new under the sun. These men, uh, you know, that suppose that gain is godliness. You know. But when we think about what we have, we, we don't even deserve what we have uh, alone, you know, let alone eternal life and the forgiveness of sin. You know, what more could we want, as we just heard from uh, Mr. Berg on that quieting your noisy soul? And that harmonizes, you know, just unbelief comes to discontentment. You know, what if we had this or, and, and, it's, and it breeds this, yeah, this discontent and, um, you know, not, not having contentment at all with the things that we do have. And so Paul instructs the church in uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 10. He says, wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. And it, you know, the worship of money as a God alongside the power and possessions that money can provide th these men in this passage. So suppose that you know, gain is godliness. And you know, Paul's writings here not only refute this notion itself, but his life. You know, he died with not many riches. In, in fact, he counted it all as dung that he would win Christ. But Paul and any other man of God that's gone before us is... He wasn't living for this life. He actually tells the Colossians to set their affection on things above. And, you know, he had the work of faith. He was laboring, following after the Lord and winning souls to Christ for the world that was to come. And so, you know, these false teachers were teaching that what they gained here and now in this life is, is godliness or it equates to, you know, how godly or how spiritual you are with more that you have. But, you know, m money can be invested for eternity by bringing the gospel of Christ to a lost, dying people. Or, you know, on the other side, it can send a man to hell by becoming his God. And so money, you know, is the root of all kinds of evil in this sense. And so Ephesians chapter 5, he says, For this ye know, that no whoremonger, 
or unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And we're, we're reminded too that Demas, what did he forsake Paul for? He forsook him for, for, the, for the world, you know, having loved this present world. And we know Judas, he sold out Christ just for a lousy 30, 30 pieces of silver. You know, he betrayed innocent blood for filthy Lucas' sake. You know, what, what can 30 pieces of silver even buy you? And uh, you know, considering what he did and who he betrayed, this is just an abomination to say the least. But we're reminded even of the thorny ground that the Lord uh, shared this parable in Matthew, Mark and Luke's Gospels. We see the parallel passages here. And Jesus taught of a man who sowed seed, which depicts the word of God. And in Mark 4, verse 18, we see that they which are sown among thorns are such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in. They choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So that's Mark's uh, addition or perspective on that. And Luke's account here says that they which fell among thorns are they which hear, ha having heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. And so the words of our Savior here, that they don't only refer to somebody hearing the word of God before they come to Christ, you know, as you know, the lost would have these stumbling blocks before them that could hinder them from coming to Christ for salvation. But this parable helps to remind us too that we're susceptible to, to having this thorny ground or soil of heart when it comes to uh, our fruit for the Lord and, and, and whether we're you know, pursuing God and not entangled. And uh, we'll, we'll get into this, what Paul writes to Timothy on that. Uh, but temporal cares of this life, they, they can call, cause us to wander or err from, uh, the, from the faith itself or the calling of God upon our lives uh, individually or as, as a church. And so anything put in the place of God, you know, we know is, is, is an idol. And, um, you know, Luke's account, he makes it clear that the, the riches and the cares, the worries of this life, they can hinder the hearer from bringing forth any fruit to perfection. And we see that which fell on the good ground, it, it's those that hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Uh, and there's different thresholds of, of fruit, so to speak. There's 30-fold, 60, and 100. And so are we as believers striving to bring forth a hundredfold? Have we settled for, for 30? You know, just because of these fleshly lusts of other things that have entered in, you know, crept into our life. And then they, they actually take us away from the work and, and the will of God. You know, it's, we don't, we don't want to just get in by God's grace uh, and saved us by fire, but we want to you know, please God in this life. And this is the Apostle Paul, his, his heart and his life and, and how he lived to, to please God. And uh, secondly, we see that the Apostle Paul, he, he wrote to Timothy in, in his second letter. He says, flee also youthful lusts. So we're told to flee uh, idolatry, flee covetousness, flee these, these false teachings, and now flee youthful, youthful lusts, which also 
you know, it, it comprises of, of pride, which these men in our main passage, they're exposed as being proud men of corrupt minds. Uh, prosperity, uh, you know, being this counterfeit gospel teaching, you know, that, that what they had wasn't enough. And, um, you know, that gain is godliness. And so this, this prosperity, this notion, it completely is contrary to what we read in the other scriptures of the crucified life, full of sacrifices and, and loss of this, you know, things in this world for that which is to come. And this is how, you know, the Lord lived and his disciples lived. And, you know, they, they weren't trying to build their mansions here, but the Lord's preparing mansions for us in, in glory. And we read that in, in John 14. So not only we are to flee pride, prosperity, but pleasure as well. You know, sin is deceitful and it, it doesn't come close to the lasting joys that come by being about the Father's business in, in this life. It really doesn't. And Moses is a biblical example of one that fled uh, these things. You know, the Bible alludes to him in Hebrews chapter 11 concerning Moses. And he, he writes in verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So, so this tells us that there's an end to, to sin. And, you know, sin will send you to hell if, if it's not uh, dealt with and if you haven't come to Christ. And, and, and you know, we know that to be true. And, and, but the principle that we're given in the book of James, if you want to turn there, in James chapter 4, Verse seven, we see. We see this principle here, and we and we know the saved are running to sin, but the you know the the unsaved sorry are running to sin, and the saved are running from sin or should be running from sin. This is how it ought to be. And you know, in James chapter four, we read in verse seven. He says, "Submit yourselves therefore to God." Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So in other words, we, we cannot resist if we do not submit to, to God and, and, and His leadership and His word, His, 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 His leading in our life. If we don't submit to God, how are we going to resist the devil or flee from these youthful lusts and enticements of this world? And, um, you know, we know that we're, we're able to, to be you know, rid and delivered. And as we saw in James as well, you know, every man's tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And so it's, it's, it's the lust and the care of this life and the things in the world that take our eyes off what we ought to have our eyes upon, which is the Lord himself. And we know we as believers, we're saved and we have the Holy Spirit of God to be holy people, not, not to be living in sin. And, and Paul dealt with that as well. So we're to flee all of these things that can hinder us. And coming back to our main passage, it's not only enough to flee, we find, but he says we're, we're, we're to follow. You know, we're called to follow as Christians, as well as young Timothy in the faith. He's called to flee and follow. We too are called, you know, instead of temporal things of this world to be running after, 
we're called to follow after these virtues and these characteristics that pertain to godliness and, and holy living, a, a sanctified life. And, and holy living isn't just avoiding some bad things, but it's also a pursuit of following after godly things that, that build us up in the faith and uh, that help us grow in the Lord. And so in our main passage here, we see the several virtues Paul instructs Timothy to follow. Uh, one of them being righteousness, the first one, which, which alludes to you know, doing right and living right, being right with God and keeping short accounts with Him and walking uprightly before the Lord. In Matthew chapter 5, on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I don't know about you, but when you're hungry, what do you normally do? Yeah, you get up and you pursue some food in, in your fridge or you go to the shop or you make something in your kitchen. So when you're hungry, you, you know, it causes you to move. And, and so we ought to hunger in the same way after the righteousness of God Amen. in our own life. And that's what he calls us to, but follow after righteousness. And in Psalm 11 verse 7, the Bible says here, For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, and his countenance doth behold the upright. And so we can praise God for that, that God is righteous and we can be righteous, not only in Christ, but practically. And uh, secondly, we find in our passage here, uh, not only righteousness, but to pursue after godliness. And, you know, this encompasses being more godlike and less worldlike, mm. you know, growing in, in consecration to the Lord. In, in all that we do, our thought life, our you know, physical doings and dealings with, with, with men, and, and having Christ-like submission to His will. And, um, you know, desiring His will than our own, um, you know, rather than our own, I should say. And we can be like Christ in the garden when He said, Not my will, but thine be done. And, you know, we're, we're called to follow after the Lord and and to proclaim and, and live in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is another thing that is godly, to, to stand for truth and stand for the, the pure gospel that's able to, to save a sinner from, from the pits of hell. And so uh, we're called as well to follow after faith. And so this has to do with walking in, in God's word, living a holy life, sanctified like we, we saw in the previous ones too we're called to pursue all these things but we notice in hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please him and so to follow after faith is is to is to walk in a way that is dependent upon god you know wholly uh, upon him staying upon him and uh and leaning on him you know f f through the eyes of faith we saw last sunday how abraham he went out not knowing where he was going to go but the Lord just called him to get up and, and go and get thee out and he did and so faith causes us to to move and, and you know, to action and, and to obey God but like we've heard recently too we can obey without faith and, and we can obey in a way that's grudgingly and in a way that's not pleasing to God and so faith has to be there and we're called to follow after faith 
uh, and we've called to follow after love here too. And John says that perfect love or mature love, it, it casts out fear. And we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And so to have a you know, benevolent, sacrificial giving to ourselves, you know, of the, to the work of the Lord, it, it ought to be governed by this pure motive of love as we've heard recently too. In uh, Ephesians 5, we're told to walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. That's, that's big. To walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour. And so that's, you know, it's a, it's a high heavenly calling that God has called us to do, to flee, to follow not only these things, but patience as well. And in the book of James, he says that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And he says, let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing or lacking nothing. And so we have need of patience, we really do. And uh, even Hebrews 12, all these great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, and we see from Hebrews 11, uh, this hall of faith and, or faith chapter, we see all these people, they laid aside every weight and the sin that easily beset them. And he alludes to these people in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And he says, let us run with patience the, the race that is set before us. And we have many examples in Hebrews 11. And uh, for the sake of time, we, we, we won't go there, but that chapter's beautiful. And it, it ought to encourage us and inspire us. But in, in Romans 15, Paul refers to God himself as the God of patience and consolation. And so if we lack patience, all we, all we ought to do is just behold God and who He is. God's patient with us. You know, those that are saved, how long did it take for you to get saved and bow the knee to the Lord? And, and those that aren't saved, God is patient. But His patience one day is going to run out and, and the door to the ark is going to close one day. And Jesus is the ark of today and we, we know that to be true. And so... Again, we're called to follow after not only patience, but meekness too. And Jesus himself, you know, we know this passage, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if you haven't noticed all these virtues and characteristics that we see, they're actually fruit of the Spirit. They're, they're fruit and characteristics of the Spirit of God that actually indwells us. And uh, you know, those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, we, we have the Spirit of God, the, the Spirit of promise, which is a, is a blessing. And God desires to make these wonderful virtues outflow in, in our life more than we know and and it's only by God's grace that we can. And by obviously not quenching the Spirit or grieving the Spirit of God in our life and being sensitive to sin and in, in, in all these uh, truths that, that, that go with walking with God. In Ephesians chapter 5, he, he, Paul writes and he says, But now are ye light in the Lord, uh, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit 
is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, uh, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And, and it's by God's Spirit in us that we can prove what's acceptable to the Lord and we're called to prove all things and to hold fast to that which is good, to, to abhor evil. And, and this is you know, what God helps us to do. Evil in our, in our own life and evil in, that we see and, you know, and we, we're called to you know, be walking as children of light, not in darkness. But He's called us out of darkness and I thank God for that. And so we're called to, like we heard before, we're called to follow the Lord. or He is all of these things, all these characteristics here that we see. He, you know, if you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll look at this verse. 1 Peter chapter 2. You think about Christ. We're called to follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, Love and patience, meekness. And Christ is, is all of these things you know, personified. Kind of like how in, in the Proverbs, he, he is wisdom personified. And uh, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, we read this, this verse that is very sobering and should sober us. We read, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So we're called to flee certain things that we looked at and we're called to follow all of these things. But notice here, we're called to follow his steps because he, he exhibited all of these things and, and, and more. And so this means to, you know, to have an active pursuit for, for God and for Jesus Christ himself to be in tune with the Spirit of God and, and to be giving heed to these God-given convictions and truths that we see. And it, it only comes by having a biblically renewed mind and, and you know, a spirit eliminate, uh, illuminated and governed life as we've been uh, studying too in this course, Quieting Your Noisy Soul. It's been a blessing for me to be washed with, with the pure words of life and to evaluate, you know, how, how in our walk and in our ways we can, you know, realign our hearts and motives and minds to, to the will of God and, and how He'd have us to live. And even th- having been in the faith three, four years, I'm still doing that and I don't think I ever will stop. And this is by God's Spirit that He, he does. He leads us into all truth. And... Um, Paul, as well, he calls us to be followers of God as dear children. And so, we're not only called to flee and follow, but back in our main passage, we're called to fight. You know, he, he charges Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. And in chapter 1, he, he charges him in verse 18, in his first letter, to, to war a good warfare. Mm-hmm. And so, this, this fight of faith, it, it demands entire consecration to God to not be you know apathetic or reserved but to 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 be entirely consecrated to him in in Paul's second letter he writes to Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and he says endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ and he says no man that warreth 
entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. You know, covetousness and idolatry and having a thorny, you know, this thorny ground where the seed falls on. You know, it's, it's, it's full of these affairs of this life, cares, and deceitfulness of riches. And, and Paul continues to say that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So he uses, you know, fight and soldier and war and, and he uses all these military terms. And one, com- one um, commentator, he says in the same way, if a believer is not willing to endure hardship, they will never accomplish much good for, for Jesus Christ. Uh, they will give up as soon as something hard is required of them. And they, they cannot fulfill Jesus' call in, in Matthew sixteen twenty four. And Jesus says, if any, man, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So he uses that word, follow. Flee, follow, and fight. And, and this is the question that has to be asked now. What, what are we fighting against? Well, f- firstly, we're fighting against the flesh, which it's an inward battle, this one. For the, in the flesh dwells no good thing. And it wages war against our minds, as, as Paul testifies in, in Romans chapter 7, verse 23. He, he says, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So we're warring against our flesh. We're warring against the enticements of this world. You know, John is the one that writes, For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And we're, we're, we're warring against the devil. Now, Peter puts it this way. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And so we're warring against this ecumenical modern day movement of, of so-called Christianity that is far from the Bible. The movement that waters down the cross and the, the movement that waters down holy living waters down the gospel message it's just this this spirit that says it's just all joined together doctrine doesn't matter so we're warring against this ecumenical uh wave that that's that's it's not decreasing if anything it's increasing in the day we're living in and and paul he, he prophesies of it in in second timothy he says for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. And so we're warring against this ecumenical movement, and we're warring against this apathy of even professing, professing Christians, those that be lost in like a vain religion. They're just churchgoers, but they're not Christ followers. And, and those that be lukewarm or cold and that, you know, that make God sick and, 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 and you know, being entangled with the affairs of this life, it, it can cause us to even be this way, uh, to be lukewarm or not warring uh, like we're charged to. And um, not only that, but we're warring against the invisible uh, foes, so to speak. In, in Ephesians chapter 6, he writes, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
So we're warring against these that we can't see, the invisible uh, enemies and foes, enemies of God. We're, we're fighting against false teachings as well, against false teachers. You know, Paul, he, he warns us in, he, he, in 2 Corinthians 11, he says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming or masquerading themselves as the ministers of Christ, the, the apostles of Christ. And so we're warring against these that are out there. And um, so we're, we're called to fight. And, and there is uh, enemies in that which can destroy us or hinder us and stop us from actually living and fighting this fight of faith. And we're fighting against those that are soft on sin too. And, and, and you know, entice us to be soft on sin. You know, he's... You know, this man over here, you know, I'm, I'm trying to witness to him, but he doesn't really care about doctrine. So, you know, well, why should I care? You know, and then the, the temptation comes, you know, he's, he's not on fire. So I, I probably shouldn't be on fire either. You know, what's, what's the point? What's the use? He's not listening to me. And so that's, that temptation's there. And, you know, the, the, the greasy grace that they, that they teach and the way they live, the, the license to sin, we know it's wicked and... Paul deals with it, you know, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You know, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? But these doctrines of devils are out there and, and we're called to fight against them. And it, you know, even today's counterfeit, wishy-washy Jesus that allows you to live in sin, you know, come as you are, stay as you are. You know, we're, we're called to just fight the good fight of faith, and, and there's many a things to fight against, as we've just seen. Even the ungodly world system today, we're, 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 you know, it despises and rejects God. It leaves God out, and it, it goes as far as even now, these wicked enemies of God that put forth a bill in Israel to to punish and imprison anybody that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's that's just recently been on the news. And so we're coming to a head, and if, if you know if, if we don't fight the good fight of faith, you know, flee and follow that which is good. Who who will? And you know who has God called to to do these things? You know He always called us to to do this. And right before David died, he, he charged Solomon, his son, and he said um, in First Kings chapter two, he said, "Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man." And keep the charge of the Lord thy God. And he goes on to encourage his son to, to live for the Lord. And then David dies. And we read that in the Old Testament. And, and we noticed in this, this passage too, we notice it's a fight of faith. And I, and I praise God that we have all these scriptures. You know, for example, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul refers to their work of faith. So, so it's a work of faith and, and labor of love. And, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, he writes in First Thessalonians. In chapter 5 in that book, he commands those of the day to be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and, and love. So there's the work of faith and the breastplate of faith and love uh, in which we have. And, and in Romans chapter 10, he, Paul refers, he refers to the word of faith which we preach. And, and this no doubt being the gospel itself, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, not this 
this modern day word of faith movement, you know, uh, you know, Pentecostal, you know, prosperity, word of faith. No, but Paul's not referring to that at all. He's talking about the gospel. And in Ephesians chapter 6, he, he commands the church to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But in verse 16, who can remember what the shield is? It's the shield of faith. He says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And, you know, we see Moses as an example, as one who endured. And the Bible says he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And so we're called to live by faith and walk by faith, not by sight, which again contradicts this whole, you know, gain this godliness, prosperity in this life. We're, we're actually called to set our affection, you know, on, on things that are not seen, eternal things. You know, Joseph as well is a good example in the hall of faith. He foresaw the promise of God coming to pass that right, that he didn't even die and he gave commandment concerning his bones because he knew God was faithful. Mm. And we, we, we serve and have a faithful God. And so we're called to fight this fight of faith. And I've learned in my own Christian life, the more you do flee that which is evil and wrong, and the more you do follow by faith that which is good, the, the more opposition comes. And, and, and the more, you know, that it fights against you moving forward for the cause of Christ. And, and so I thank God that my Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so Paul, he finishes this main passage we're looking at. He says, lay hold on eternal life. You know, lay hold on it. You know, it's, 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 it's almost, we can almost just see it, smell it, touch it, grab it. And he says, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. And so to conclude this, this letter, the Apostle Paul, he, he points to Timothy. He points Timothy to God, God Almighty. And, and the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. Because God is, is faithful. He, he gives us a way out of temptation. God is faithful. He, he cannot deny Himself. He's the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, He says, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. And so, this is who we're called to fight for. We're called to fight for the Lord. And, and, and praise God that we're not even fighting alone. You know, Paul, he was delivered from every evil work and he says, you know, the Lord stood with me. Mm. And, and who can remember what God said to Joshua in, in, that, in this well-known verse? He says, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world, mm. John says. And so if we're to fight for the gospel of Christ, we're to follow after his person and, and these virtues and flee the snares and weights of sin and ungodliness in this world that, that encompasses us all around. And it's through faith. It's the good fight of faith. And may God help us flee, follow and fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your holiness. 
that your righteousness, Lord, and that godliness with contentment is, is great gain. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you've given us your Son. You've given us life. You've given us eternal life. And what more could we ever want? Lord, we just pray that you'd continue to work these truths in our hearts, knowing that you're enough and that you're worthy, uh, Lord, that you're worthy to continue to uh, have our eyes gazed and set upon. And uh, we, Lord, we do thank you for these passages of scripture that we can be reminded of uh, Lord and we just do pray that you'd continue to help us uh, flee uh, youthful lusts and flee wicked things Lord that you know uh, and that you've commanded us uh, Father uh, to flee and to follow after that which is good to follow you as dear children to be obedient and, uh, and follow you by faith and Lord to fight uh, against all these things lord that wage war against the truth we just do pray lord that you'd sharpen us and encourage us and edify us lord that you would continue to build us up in the faith and that would be able lord to to say with the apostle paul that that we've finished our course in that which you've called us to do mm. and we just thank you father for your holiness and, and your righteousness lord your judgments and that we can praise you and sing to you that you've put a new song in our mouth and we can go uh, on uh, our days, Lord, singing and praising, worshipping you. Father, we thank you so much for the God that you've been to us. And, and that, Lord, you do great and mighty things that we know not. If we are to call upon you uh, in sincerity and in truth, Lord, and help us to seek you more. And not be faithless, but believing, Lord, and that you'd help our unbelief. And that you'd continue, Father, to uh, refine us and mould us and use us for your glory and honour and praise. We ask of you, Lord, in these, these things, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.